grandmother would say i'm fair to midland okay all right <laughs> is that what your grandmother would say yeah yeah right. yeah fair to midland fair to midland i like it <laughs> hello hello i'm i'm andrea i'm Kristen. see i did the little prompt there you did <laughs> Good job. Good job. I did it. You okay. did it. Remembered. And um, yeah. this is Wait, Tell Me Everything. Yep. Sure is. Sure is. Bet your bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not your bottom dollar. My bottom dollar. <laughs> you might want to save that bottom dollar for something else. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So uh, what's going on? over with you as usual i'm yawning as usual you're yawning (laughs) put it out it's time for me to go to bed (laughs) word i have these classes that i've been taking and um it's like three to four times a week Mm -hmm. and Okay, it sounds bad when I say that it's early because it's not, like, normal early. It's, like, you know, early for me. So... What time is it at? The classes will start till 9.30. Well, see, okay. Yeah, but, um, you know, I have to get going by, like, 8.30-ish, which now is, like, super early for me, which before I would have been at work for, like, two hours. Um, right. So yeah, new life, new 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 start. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm just like tired from that. So like, again, still just like working from that time till six or seven, and uh-huh. tired. It's a lot, but um, yeah. So once this is over, it's officially over on Tuesday. I can get back to Kaido. Oh my god, I can't stop it. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's just disrupting my like schedule a little bit for the past month. So once that's over, I can kind of go back to my normal flow. Yeah, uh-huh. not, you know, as much um, driving kind of back and forth. So, uh-huh. but yeah, so that's right. good. Yeah. Very good. Gotcha. Mm hmm. Huh. So what's been going on in the world? In the world. So there's been, there's a lot going on. I decided to focus on some um, more niche uh, pieces uh, this week than kind of what everyone's talking about. Um, So uh, the headline is um, from a a Vox.com article that says, uh, what to make of Amazon and Warren Buffett's mystery healthcare project. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Um, briefly, I clicked on an article and then I was like, I'm not reading this. So. 
Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tell well, somebody, me all about it. Somebody uh, mentioned it at work and I thought, oh, well, that's what, you know, what's that about? And it's, so this article um, is actually really good because it's basically like, you know, it starts off by saying we really don't know much about it. They made this announcement and, but it's not very detailed yet. Uh, right. what, so it's um, the announcement that they made is basically that they're looking, they're partnering and it, the, the three partners are pretty impressive because you've got um, Amazon, JP Morgan Chase and Berkshire Hathaway, which of course is Warren Buffett's enterprise. And, so you have these three uh, huge players um, on um, the technology and banking and investment scene all pulling together. And what they're saying is they're going to partner on ways to address health care for their U.S. employees with the aim of improving employee satisfaction and reducing costs. So... Um, they're basically trying to provide like a, for the, their employees and families a simplified, high quality, transparent health care at a reasonable cost. Mm-hmm. So there's a few. Basically, the article is a series of conjectures of like, so what could this mean? Right. Yeah. Nobody knows yet. Nobody knows yet. So people are guessing. Um, and mm. So that's that's fun. Uh, <laughs> so the first guess, which is the, obviously the most obvious and most likely portion of this, is that they're going to be funding their own health insurance. So they're going to do the whole um, self-insured model that a lot of companies have. Um, mm-hmm. Everything, you know, AT&T, Home Depot, Walmart, there's a ton of companies, tons and tons of companies out there that are big enough to um, ha- you know, to be self-insured. And Basically, what that does for a company is that it helps them save what the money on the profit margin that they would have to pay to an insurance company because the insurance company would add that profit margin to whatever the premium was. So obviously, if you're providing your own insurance, you don't have to do that. Um, So it saves money that way. So that seems like, okay, that's kind of a no-brainer. They're likely going to pull together to... um, self-insure for all of their employees um Mm. but then the question is like well what more does it mean especially considering who these three uh partners are um and and what they're what they have access to so one of the suggestions is that they might be in um also contracting out instead of contracting out all of the benefit management services they might be managing those services themselves. So kind of creating like an incubator to test new models for payment and for care delivery. So mm-hmm. basically apps is what they're thinking, like a digital infrastructure that's okay. going to help people kind of interface with um, navigating for navigating their insurance benefits and for their help, for their actual health care itself. So that's likely because you've got Amazon on that you know, the technology end of it, being able to provide, you know, a lot of expertise in that section. Um, so that's one thing, like, okay, so they're going to be self-insured, likely have some sort of high-tech approach to mm-hmm. making healthcare more easy, easy to, uh, easily, nav- uh, to, easy to navigate. Um, and then the 
other thing that people are wondering about is do they are they planning on also taking over the health care part of all of it too like kind of creating a little mini um you know uh healthcare network of their own with their own doctors and their own hospitals that provide care um are any of them involved in it's, it's Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, and what's the other Morgan one? Chase. Yeah, they're not really involved in any kind of healthcare. Yeah, that's actually the broadest view of it, and it's probably the least likely, only because, like you said, none of them are actually healthcare um, networks themselves already, or have yeah. that healthcare presence. Yeah, and um, I was like, and Berkshire Hathaway is like involved in like a little bit of everything, but like not that, not that. And then the other thing that this article points out is that that's also unlikely because um, even Amazon, with like half a million workers, they're all spread out, so it's not like you have enough of them in a concentrated place to sustain mm-hmm. its own healthcare system. Um, and they said, like, even if you looked at just Seattle they have 40,000 workers there. That's still not big enough a population to sustain a healthcare system all on its own. Um, so that's, that's kind of not likely basically. Um, so we're looking at better apps, um, digital infrastructure and um, something that they, you know, they, they build in house. Um, and since Amazon has the technological know-how and a massive online sales presence, Um, Mm -hmm. and then you also have the investment expertise coming, you know, from, um, the Warren Buffett end of it, uh, what they're thinking about the, uh, the next question is if they create all these in-house apps that somehow really do make it better and easier for their own employees to manage health insurance and manage their health care, um, and navigate all of that, are they also then going to basically use their employees as kind of a test run in order to now have products that they offer to other companies mm-hmm. to do the same thing? And that's a likely scenario that that's also, mm-hmm. that that's what they're doing. That um, that would be smart. It would be very smart. So it's basically um, building their own thing and so that they can then market it to other large employers. Mm-hmm. Um and so that would be a great way and a lucrative way for them to um, turn it around um, and, 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 um, and make a profit off of it as well. Okay. Um, so it's just very interesting. And then um, and what's really what's really funny is just just the announcement of it alone. I mean, the announcement that was completely vague did not did not contain any of these details. Again, all these details are just conjecture. And people in the healthcare industry kind of trying to guess what they might do. Um, it caused a huge um, reaction in the um, in the stocks um, of a bunch of um, health related places. So the um, top insurer United Health, um, their Dow dropped three hundred points um, the day of the announcement. Mm. Two other big insurers, Cigna and Anthem, dropped more than five percent. Aetna and Humana were down three percent. Drugstores like CVS and Walgreens both declined more than four um, mm. percent. Express Scripts 
0.7%. Um, so just the clear worry that this alliance between Buffett, uh, Jeff Bezos, and uh, Jamie Dimon, who's the guy from Chase, Chase mm-hmm. um, is um, he's it's only the beginning of big changes for the insurance business. And just the idea of it <laughs> um, sent the Dow Jones into a, into just a, a little bit of a whirlwind. Um, so the conclusion of this article basically says, you know, employers have largely sat on the sidelines of healthcare, talking a big game, but not really doing much to push for control of healthcare costs. And it, uh, this, um, it says, we'll never make much progress in attacking healthcare, health costs until employees put their purchasing and political weight behind it. So it's interesting, just this idea that, you know, companies have been self-insured for a long time, big companies, especially um, who cater to, you know, hundreds and thousands of employees. Um, But now you have this new uh, larger partnership that might put forth a model that helps, um, helps not just themselves, but possibly others across the country if they do create kind of a, basically build a better mousetrap hmm. um, around um, helping lower costs for um, employees and their families and also making uh, just make, making it more transparent and easy to, um, to navigate your own health care insurance, which I personally, I find health insurance I've always been uh, blessed to have, you know, good jobs with um, pretty good health insurance. Um, I used to have terrific health insurance working for the school district, of course. Yeah. Um, which is the, the Cadillac benefits plan. Mm. Um, and then, and now I have de- decent insurance for sure. It's not, it's all, everything is always going to pale in comparison to my uh, school district days. But mm-hmm. um, but I still have always found it confusing. Just you know, um, you get your you go to the doctor, you get whatever treatment or whatever you do, you pay your copay, and then there's this whole idea of a deductible that you know seems like it's supposed to be like your out of pocket costs go towards your deductible, but it really never all your out of pocket costs chip away at your deductible only like a portion of them do and there's several different deductibles and it's it's it could definitely um be uh more user-friendly <laughs> yeah I just remember like my mom like you know when she was like really sick and was at the emergency room or whatever like all the time like weekly and you know like it was at first, it would be like, oh, her, you know, because she, again, had the government, um, because of my dad, government insurance was just like, you know, like the school district insurance. Right. And so, like, an emergency room visit would be maybe $50, but uh-huh. then if they kept her, then it would not cost anything if they admitted her. But then they mm-hmm. kind of changed that because they had to admit her with something um, but if they just admit her for like observation, she still had to pay the deductible. So right. like, they kind of like, you know, it was like this weird thing, but she had went so many times in like mm-hmm. a year that she actually met her deductible, mm-hmm. so, which was like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Right. It's crazy. And so, when that's a thing, like deductibles, it honestly for the, and then, I mean, that is how insurance works. Like, you know, what you have this deductible 
And unless you're very sick, mm-hmm. you're pretty much not ever going to meet it. Mm-hmm. So you're always, you know, you're constantly paying out of pocket. You're not paying as much out of pocket if, as if you would necessarily if you were just, you know, going yourself with no insurance. Right. Um, so, you know, it's um, but definitely like figuring that all out. Um, and then you bring into that the whole um, flexible spending accounts and what you pay for out of that and. It is very complicated, and it does feel like um, it doesn't have got, to be. It doesn't have to be. It does feel like everyone has their hands in their in your pockets, um, especially if you're going through something or you know just a series of procedures or visits. You know, any one procedure could be you know a couple of office visits, the procedure itself, the follow up visits, any follow up treatment like that alone like you've already got like a hundred bills coming your way (laughs) yeah I remember you know like when I moved like getting bills for treatments and I was like I have insurance like I don't pay for this like why are you sending me a bill like stop sending me like bills like I have you know I'm not supposed to pay for this so it's just really like oh my god it's so complicated they're like oh we need to check this we need to check that I'm just like take care of it like yeah. this is so crazy. It's it's a whole lot. I just it feels like I need like an accountant to go like here, like here. Like I'm gonna hand you everything that comes to me with regard to my medical bills, and you like trace them. You know, like someone like it literally could be somebody's full time job. Yeah, I I just I can't. And now you know, like I'm doing because I signed. I was too late. You know, changing my insurance to sign up for through my. Um, kind of network or whatever so I had mm-hmm. to do the Affordable Care Act thing and uh-huh. it's so expensive it is just like so expensive so I was like I don't even know like you know it's like I'm an entrepreneur like I don't know how long you know like I'm not gonna be able to afford this it was so it's so crazy it's yeah, I so mean, expensive it's hard it's very expensive I, I actually went when I was so um when I graduated college and before I started working with, for the school district, I, I, at that time, I think it was 21 or 22 was the age that you fell off your parents' um, insurance. Oh, yeah. They increased that to like 25 or 26. Man. Yeah. but That was glorious. <laughs> yeah. But back then, I turned 22 or whatever it was, and I fell off of their insurance. And... Um, I had a little, you know, like administrative assistant job or whatever, but I wasn't getting insurance through that. Um, And so I went like a whole, it was a whole year, a year and some change where I just wasn't covered because, you know, (laughs) it was like, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to go pay. I don't make enough. I was barely making enough to like just make my little half of my rent with my roommate or whatever. Um, and trying to live life. So I was, you know, I was like, well, we're just going to chance it. <laughs> hope, yeah, I was like, Lord. Yeah, hope that nothing goes wrong. And, um, and yeah, and that was, that was that year in between. And then when I, you know, obviously I signed on with the school district and those benefits kicked in and that was, that was it. Like I pretty much have always had insurance um, since then, which, um, you know, like I said, it's a blessing. It is. It's something I took for granted, and um, yeah, because I've always had insurance until yeah, 
this past year, like, you know, and great insurance. So this is kind of, it's a lot. It's yeah. Yeah. And I just think about all the people who, you know, just go into debt because like, it's, it's a huge, huge bill. It's a huge expense. Oh yeah. It is a huge expense. And like I said, even if you have insurance, you might still walk away with a giant medical hospital bill. Yeah, and a lot um, of it's like, yeah, you have this huge expense, and it's like crappy insurance. It's not even like good insurance. So it's like, ugh. right? Yeah. Totally. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Bummer. <laughs> but hey, Amazon and Chase and Warren Buffett are gonna right to, figure it out. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna put their heads together. And... Thank you, Lord. Please <laughs> figure it out, because what out. we have now is garbage it's a, it's a mess it's a mess so, uh okay what else what else okay so this is actually a follow-up to a previous uh a news piece so Ooh. i know it's pretty funny actually i mean it's funny it's funny it's like sad funny but like funny um so remember the whole hawaii missile warning debacle from a few yes. weeks ago uh-huh. okay so um, in the Washington Post today, uh, one of their um, audience editors, uh, this guy, Gene Park, wrote this um, opinion article, and it's titled, The Missile Employee Messed Up Because Hawaii Rewards Incompetence. Okay. <laughs> and so oh, this guy, uh, oh, what was that? Do you hear that? Yes. Where did that come from? Oh my god, my computer decides it wants to talk. I pulled up an article <laughs> on my laptop and decides it wants to say things. I was like, there's a reporter. <laughs> I was like, pipe down, reporter. I'm reporting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so this guy, Gene Park, um, he he's a for he's okay so he's a, he's a, um, a, a an editor now for the Washington a journalist for the Washington Post, um, and but he used to work in the Hawaii state in um, as a Hawaii state employee, uh-huh. and um, with their Hawaii uh, Commerce Department, and then he um, was also a journalist in Hawaii for seven years and did a, um, had a lot of um, having to deal with the government. Um, in his um, journalistic um, adventures out there. So he knows a lot about kind of the way Hawaii works or whatever. And so um, it says that this week um, we learned that the guy who was responsible for the, the bogus Hawaii missile alert kept his job for a decade, even though he had a history of performance problems and that he's been a quote unquote source of concern <laughs> According to there was an FCC uh, report that came out this week that basically outed, you know, what was going on. And his co-workers had expressed discomfort about his leadership. And the FCC said he has been, quote, unable to comprehend the situation at hand and has confused real life events and drills on at least two separate occasions, end quote. Hmm. So... Of course, this begs the question, like, why? Like, why is this, like, incompetent person that other people are uncomfortable? You know, his fellow employees don't, like, you know, have seen him sort of in action and are not comfortable with his skill set. Why is this guy in a position where he can send a false missile alarm to millions of people? (laughs) So, 
Um, and basically, um, the article's author says, you know, the answer to that is, well, welcome to Hawaii, basically. He's like, hmm. there's a culture essentially in Hawaii um, that um, that is almost um, promotes this sort of sense of you you let things go. Um, you, you know, you don't um, pursue. Don't rock the boat. You don't rock the boat. Um, so there's a strong assumption in the islands that once you enter into the state government system, you're also set for life. So the whole idea of like the great retirement benefits, the union protections and the ability to move, you know, move up, move laterally across departments. Uh, apparently Hawaii has the second highest rate of union membership, more than 20% only after New York, um, and the prevailing assumption is that you just simply don't have to work that hard. Um, and there's no cost for messing up. So even the guy, okay, so the, the, um, this, there's a gentleman, Vern Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> he was the emergency management chief. And he actually had to resign as, in the wake of this FCC report that came out this Tuesday. And mm. Ver, he says... He was reluctant to fire the uh, the alert author even after all this happened. He was still reluctant to fire the guy, and his and he. This is what he said: "Quote, you got to know this guy feels bad, right? I mean, he's not doing this on purpose." <laughs> so that was his response to why he he had yet to fire this guy as he's turning in his own resignation for all of this, you know, like for this whole thing existing. I mean, it's kind of just absolutely crazy. Um, And he also talks about, um, he goes on to talk about how in um, Honolulu, there was like, when he was there covering uh, stories in in Honolulu, there was a police officer who was fired back in 2012 for falsifying reports and lying to investigators. And then, after he was fired for those things, he was then hired by the state of Hawaii as a law enforcement officer at the mm. state level, and then only to be end up con- being convicted just last year for raping a teenage girl while in, <clears throat> while in uniform. <clears throat> and even the police chief in Honolulu held on to his job for a year. While the feds investigated this, his this uh, this other guy, um, for you know, um, and so it's just it's just crazy. Um, it's like don't say anything to the ninth degree. Like those are egregious things. Like mm-hmm. not like oh they went to sleep on the job. Okay. Right. No, 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 no. It's like it's way out there. So, um, so he goes on to explain kind of the culture of Hawaii. He says Hawaii is a small community with strong what he calls a strong local whisper network, also known as the coconut wireless. (laughs) Um, And it's a community that um, basically dislikes shaming. Um, Hmm. And so people remain largely, you know, especially in public office, even though they're getting tax dollars um, that are paying their salary, they remain largely unaccountable to the public. Um, another problem is that state workers who want to buckle down are saddled with obsolete technology. So he talks about how um, the whole thing with the uh, um, the missile alert uh, 
remember how we talked about lot when uh, the story came out how it took them 30 um what was it 38 minutes i think it was longer than that to um to send out the the it's this was a mistake you know and to clean up their air part of that had to do with the fact that um hawaii governor you know governor uh, david ig or Iggy, whose name I still don't know how to say. Okay, you've had several weeks now to figure out how to. I know. I didn't think. I, I didn't think I was going to have to say it again. Uh, David, he um, um, he said after the alert debacle that he didn't know his own Twitter password, and neither did anyone on his communication staff. Right, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, and um, he talks about how their payroll is still like done on a, an accounting platform that's literally 40 years old mm. um, and how they're, you know, Hawaii as a state talks about how they want to diversify their economy, be, you know, because right now it's really just the military and tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but because of this sort of overall attitude and just the way things don't work there, um, it's it's really hard for anyone to like invest with confidence, or you're not going to get a bunch of like you know startups over there. Um, so, um, the other thing culturally is that Hawaii tends to reward seniority and not competence, hmm. and so he explains how um, careers often advance only when an incumbent worker resigns, and he uses this hilarious example i guess back in 2006 time magazine called octogenarian dan akaka uh one of the five worst u.s senators and so this is um, a senator out of hawaii um because he basically um and the, the time said that he um was one of the five worst u.s senators for sponsoring only minor resolutions and bills that died in committee so on the kind of uh, heels of that, this other U.S. representative, Ed Case, decided to challenge him in the Democratic primary. And a, an article that came out in response to that said, he needs to wait his turn. He has no respect for his elders. And he ended up losing by 10 percentage points to the 80-something-year-old. Now, mind you, he needs to respect his elders. This guy's, like, not a young buck. He was 54 years old when he ran against the guy. Um, so it's just kind of this whole, like, cultural, like, what the local values are. Um, one of, uh, with regard to deference, with regard to conformity. Uh, a writer of a 2006 essay said this, if I were to... Sp- if I were first to speak, I'd be called pushy. If my answers were too outrageous, I might be teased. It is best to keep silent. And then um, there's a Japanese adage that says, the nail that sticks out gets hammered. People who want reform or just want to try something new hear that common refrain, both in private and public sectors. That's not how things have been done before. You have to play your role. So um, he goes on to explain some more of examples of kind of how this attitude has consequences. And 
ultimately it's taken this national embarrassment to dislodge this guy from his job um, that he clearly should have been removed from a long time ago because everybody knew that he was incompetent. Um, and um, <laughs> so, so this, you know, he ends the article basically by saying that in 2018, speed and accountability are life or death matters. And Hawaii is not ready for 10 years and more. It tolerated incompetence. It cannot afford another 10 years of inaction. This is not a drill. Mm. Um, so really interesting. I just thought it was an interesting article, an interesting take on um, the behind the scenes of this, because I think that was really so many people's questions. Like, how do you do that? How do you send out a false alarm that you know that does that reads you know this is not a drill when it was indeed it's supposed to be a drill (laughs) and you know how is that possible um so there was so many so much conversation and even you and I like you know we talked about like okay what were what was the thinking like why wasn't there a backup or some sort of fail safe um and well you know now we know (laughs) so isn't that insane that's just crazy. It's like mind boggling. It's mind boggling. Oh, Hawaii. Hawaii, you know, um it's it's like all the worst like stereotypes about government employees uh-huh. like uh-huh. on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Like they basically are living they're like the living stereotype of all these mm. things. You know, union workers who are just happy to, you know, do you know, show up and know that they're not they can't be fired and um and yeah and the, and the government that runs on um i think he described it somewhere in the article on um uh, a bunch of parts that have been bought off of ebay <laughs> so, it's pretty bad so i was just um floored by that and um and i just you know i want i mean it just seems like i ha- it's if they're going tourism is great and obviously the military is not going anywhere like that's always going to be those are going to be two industries that help sustain them but um you know it's it's such a beautiful place that it really if they got their act together they really could boom you know in terms of attracting more um more business, more industry, but right. if not if things are like this, you know. Mm. So yeah, so those are my newsworthy pieces. Okay. <sighs> oh my goodness, wake up. I'm up. You are not up. <laughs> you sound like you are prone. No, I'm just annoyed. People are getting on my nerves. What is happening? <sighs> Nothing. Oh, wow. <sighs> I know. Mm. Alright, on to better things. I'm just really... Okay, I was like, this is part of the personal part. I'm just really trying to keep my composure with people. I just want people to stop being j- jerks. So, okay. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, so <laughs> on to better things. Um... The viral Vox. So, mm-hmm. 
I wrote earlier on Facebook that pretty much the only thing that's kind of, not the only thing, well, kind of the main thing that's getting me going and I'm looking forward to over the next two weeks is um, the kind of the black people's like prom or like main event of Black History Month, which Black is Panther. Black Panther. Yeah. Like, we are ready. And so, like, you know, I posted a little thing on Facebook about, you know, am I the only one trying thinking about, like, what I'm going to wear um, <laughs> to the movie because, you know, this is Atlanta and, you know, you can't get caught out there slipping. Like, you have right. to, like, put your best foot forward. Like, mm-hmm. so I know I already have the um accessories that I'm gonna wear because one of my friends' husband referred to one of my necklaces as like a Nubian like um something he said. I don't know, but yeah, it I didn't even realize it. I was like I didn't get it anywhere Nubian. No no Nubians um <laughs> profited by my purchase. So I'm pretty sure I got it from some like ridiculous place. I can't remember where I got from. Anyway, but I was like, okay, okay, necklace, I got you. You got okay. You you are making an appearance, um, okay, at the movie, um, in a couple of weeks from now. So again, the viral box is all about the Black Panther red carpet, the uh, premiere in Los Angeles. It was just majestic. It was just, divine. It was amazing. And all that melanin, so and much all, eye candy. Oh, the eye candy! Mm-hmm. Like just everyone, you know, Michael Bay, Jordan, Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. Chadwick, mm-hmm. Sterling K. Brown, um, yeah. Luke Cage. I can't remember his name, but Luke Cage. Yeah, all of them just look. Amazing. Amazing. Just everyone, <laughs> I'm trying to be polite. Um, everyone looks so good. And the ladies, of course, Princess Lupita just Oh my god. Lupita was my favorite by far. That purple by evening gown. far with all oh. the jewels and oh my god, it was just simply gorgeous. That beautiful like hair. brocade and yes, oh. oh. gold nails. Every detail. Like I was like Lupita just can do no wrong on the red carpet. I don't. She, she slays, slays the red carpet uh, every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. Yeah. She just knows what to do. So. Yep. Just gorgeous. Um. Just you know, gorgeous. I saw that. And I was like, yes, yes, okay, yes, okay. Like I turned to a drag queen, so it was. Just, it was <laughs> yes, honey. Yeah, so gorgeous. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. So that was, you know, like the viral thing for me because everyone was just like, "Yes, give me more." Yeah, I scrolled through those pictures so many times, and then there was a. Then Lupita the next day like added like some behind the scenes photos on you know on her Facebook posts and I was like yes more give me more um it was mm. yeah black excellence everywhere yeah um 
Donald Glover looking like um updated, like coming to America. <laughs> I sure did. I was like, God, I was yeah. like, brother, what are you got? Oh, but okay, do that. You doing it? You doing it from head to toe? He's like, okay. I'm from Atlanta. This is how we roll with yes. our orange suit on. Orange. I was like looking like a big old tic tac. You better go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was so funny. Ooh. So yeah, so that was the thing um, that kind of caught my attention. Um, oh yes. The other thing I decided to move to um, wait, tell me everything because it's okay. a part of the other you know big thing. So did you watch the Grammys? No, I did not. Okay, neither did I because okay. why? I love the Oscars. I don't really care about the Grammys. I've never really cared about the Grammys because I always felt that there was some, always a weird, like, musical combination. They always try to mix, like, the old with the new. So you'd always have, like, Ray Charles singing with, like, Sting. It was always, like, something, like, really <laughs> weird. Or, like, you know, like, the whole Elton John and, like, mm-hmm. um, Eminem. Like, they were always have, like, these, like, polar opposite kind of performances. Mm-hmm. And it was just always, like, no thank you. Yeah. No, it's definitely a stretch because they try to please the entire country. And it's very Yeah, hard and it's very hard. So, took place this past Sunday. Again, didn't watch. Um, so, but, you know, of course, with the internet, you kind of know what happened, the big Uh thing. So apparently, um, the highlight was Bruno won everything. Yeah, apparently Bruno walked away with every award. Yeah, so album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, also like most of the R&B categories, he won those two. Right. Um, somehow Kendrick Lamar managed to give an even blacker performance this year. I did not <laughs> think it was possible after last year, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah. So good job to him. And, uh, you know, another thing that people were very upset about, SZA did not win Best New Artist. Who? Right. SZA. S-Z-A. <laughs> is a S- young Z-A. SZA. Yeah. Okay. So SZA is quite popular. She was a songwriter. She wrote some like songs for Rihanna, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, blah blah blah. People. Okay. So she, you know, came up with an album that everyone loved. I, you know, I'm again like if it's not pretty much if it wasn't like a person that I knew in the '90s or music from the '90s, I don't listen to it. But you know, I listened to one of her songs because people kept talking about it. Uh-huh. And this horrible little song called, it's very deceiving because the beat of it is like nice and it sounds nice. And then you listen to it and you're like, it's called The Weeknd. So it's basically like a side chick anthem. Oh. So the premise basically is she's dating this man and she's telling his girlfriend or wife, like you can have him Monday Tuesday, Thursday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm I'm on the weekend. I have them for the weekend. And then oh. I'll send it back to you. So yeah, so that's the little song, you know, like I said, the um side chick anthem that was quite popular. And I was just like, it sounds deceiving because like I heard it and I just like, you know, heard the beat or whatever. I listened to it, and I was like, No, this is horrible. Fuck it. <laughs> right. Get Cut out that of out. Here. Cut, Cut that, that out, out right now. Lady. You 
you stop, stop right now. You go home. Go home. <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone. That is not your man. That is no, no, no. young lady. So yes, yeah, so that's how I was. <laughs> like when I heard, it, I was like, I'm so old. This twenty something girl. girl. Yeah, I'm like, girl, no. Mm-mm. So, um, but the highlight that was all that was always going to be my viral box because it was passed around social. Did you see Blue Ivy? Yes, <laughs> I actually did see that. Oh <laughs> my word! Okay, so two things about Blue yes. Ivy. One was when they were um, Jay Z and Beyonce were polite clapping for. I think that girl that was caused some controversy about the dreamers or whatever. Uh-huh. And Blue Ivy was like, no, 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 no. And was like, and shushed them both. Like, turned to Beyonce was like, quiet down. Like, simmer down. Right. And then turned to her daddy and was like, you too. You, right. simmer down. Yep. You stop it. And I was like, she done been here before? Oh my goodness. Sure that has. is hilarious. I was like, since it's not my child, it's hilarious. When it was oh, my yeah. child, I'd be like, listen, little. Right. You, mm-mm, no. You don't tell me to be quiet. Right. But since she's not my child, it was hilarious. And then to me, the absolute funniest thing was the picture of Beyonce holding her juice box and snacks. Yes. Because Beyonce is Beyonce, but Beyonce is also a mommy. Mm-hmm. And. It's about Blue Ivy and what she wants, and she needed her fruit snacks and her juice. Yeah. And Beyonce, you hold it while I <laughs> do this. Well, you know, she had to be holding it. She was wearing all white. That she, she had a snack, too. She was eating a snack, and she Beyonce was, was holding snack. more snacks. Yes, but I'm sorry. Those juice boxes are treacherous. They are because, like, you the <laughs> slightest touch, and it's all over you. It's all over you. Those that little straw and that little whether whether it's in a box or a pouch, it doesn't matter. But yeah, Beyonce trying to be cute and have her baby wear all white when they're wearing right. White. I'm like Beyonce, come on now. Yeah, but that means you're going to have to hold the juice box because she cannot hold the juice box. Oh, her holding the juice box would have just been a whole other disaster. We would have seen them jumping up and people rushing Beyonce <laughs> and Blue Ivy. Oh, but also the funny thing was they had a picture of Jay-Z eating some of Blue Ivy snacks. Oh, I didn't see that. That's hysterical. <laughs> Again, they're a regular family. The right. Carters are a mom and a dad and now they got all the babies but, you know, yeah, they're a regular family. And somebody had a... um Someone was saying that, like, that picture, like, Beyonce, they, they caught of her holding jukebox, just has her going, like, oh, this just, just sucks. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of this, girl. Like, I'm so tired of this. The chore of the, I am Beyonce, and that I am also a mother. So I yeah. gotta do all of this, the juice box, and have a, per- you know, Beyonce with a purse full of snacks, because when you're with mm-hmm. toddlers, you have to have my friend has an industrial size Ziploc bag of Cheerios with her. Wherever she goes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why do you have so many Cheerios? So many. Yeah, no, it's because it's a necessity. Yeah, no, they are they are Beyonce and Jay-Z and whatever, whatever, but they are also mom 
and dad. Yeah, period. she don't care who they are. Like, right. you mommy, yeah. daddy. Oh, we at the Grammys. Oh, you up for album of the year? Where's my fruit snacks? <laughs> yeah, before you do that. Uh, yeah, you, before you get up on that stage, you better give me my juice. Yeah, come up off of some of those fruit snacks. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. Like, talk about kids who know who they are. Mm. Blue Ivy. Mm-hmm. I swear, she has the spirit of her uh, Solange. With yes. her little, she she just seems like Mm-mm. she don't take no mess. Yeah, but the little hand motion to quiet down that had me cracking up. Yeah, I was like, Lord, this child. Ooh, y'all gonna have y'all y'all. They already know y'all had your hands full with that one. Mm-hmm. Get ready for her. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Lord. Okay, so that was just hilarious to me. So that you know that almost topped, but still never will eclipse. Her picture from the New Orleans from Mardi Gras, where she was standing on the balcony and just looking down in disgust. Oh right, at the okay, people. Right. Oh my God, that still is like my favorite <laughs> Blue Ivy meme because she was just like, oh yeah, look at them all poor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the peasants. The peasants, mommy. <sighs> Take so me back inside. Yes. Why do you oh. have me out here so Why close to them? Why do you have them? me so close to them? Ew. <laughs> Can we close down the street? Yeah, it was right. hilarious. Uh, okay, go. so that was that. Um, yeah, not, you know, some other stuff happened, but it really, I don't, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but the thing that I saw today that like it's kind of like old school. Wait, tell me everything. Okay. Wait, tell me everything from the 80s. Okay. Um, did you see? <laughs> wow. I was all of like five years old. Okay. Um, did you see the um, story about Robert Wagner now being declared a purchase of interest in Natalie Wood's death? I saw that headline and I totally went back to being nine years old. <laughs> And and hearing my parents talk about her, this whole thing, I mean, like when she died, they were both like devastated because they were big Natalie Wood fans. Because she had been an actress since she was like five years old, mm-hmm. so she had been like you know in the public eye for like you know almost forty years. So that's like mm-hmm. a long time to like kind of be a part of like the cultural you know, zeitgeist or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so when she died, like, yeah, like, I was a little girl, but I remember, like, growing up and, like, you know, hearing about this story whenever, like, an anniversary would come by. And uh-huh. he was, like, the... Was he the $6 million man? Robert Wagner? No, he wasn't. No. I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah. Who am I thinking? What is that? Who is he? Robert I realize I'm saying, like, wrong things because... I called the guy on um, This Is Us. I called him Vito. His name is not Vito. It's Milo. Yes! <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm, that's it, Vito. Yeah, and I knew all I was like, that is not right, but I'm just going to commit to it. Because right now... Milo, you know what it is? It's, it's Milo Vito. Ventimiglia. Yeah. And so you, you transpose the yeah. M and the V. Yeah. yeah, So, but I was like, Lord Jesus. So when I finally did watch the Crock-Pot <laughs> episode of This Is Us, uh-huh. I was like, no! Okay. So that yeah. is hysterical. 
Anyway, um, Robert Wagner. Okay. Yeah, Robert Wagner was on um, that long running series that was about um like they him and his in the in the on the show, him and his wife were detectives, like private eyes kind of, you know? And they would take on cases and they would solve them before the cops did. Heart to had- heart. Yes, I watched girl. that with my daddy. Yes, uh, heart to heart. We, we we watched that regularly, and um, they, they had a little yep. dog named Freeway, and that yeah. was so good. Okay, yes, yes. So that's where I remember Robert. Wagner yes, from. that's I'm like sixty million dollar man. That's not yes, yeah. but he was also. I mean, that's like so. That was what he was known for in the eighties. But I mean, he had a whole career before. Oh yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember. I don't. I don't. I remember before my time. That. Yeah, yeah, definitely before my time. Yeah, I was like, you know, heart to heart was barely. It was like barely my time. So like, but still, but mm-hmm. I was little. I still have memories sitting on the couch watching. Oh my, my gosh! Yeah, me and my dad would watch Heart to Heart all yeah. the time. Uh, the whole family, really. Yeah, it was like I don't know. Oh, that was good. Oh my gosh, eighties TV shows. So mm-hmm. again, so. It's uh, almost been 40 years. Like, she died yeah. in 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time that investigators are calling him a person of interest in the drowning. Like, it was originally um, listed as accidental. They mm-hmm. reopened the case seven years ago. They mm-hmm. changed her cause of death mm. from, um, from, like, accidental drowning to, like, drowning... Um, and other undetermined factors. Uh-huh. And so they're trying to, um, since they opened the case, they've been trying to talk, to, you know, to him um, because they don't believe he's telling the whole story and he's refused to talk to them since the case is reopened uh-huh. in 2011. And he's and, old now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like in his 70s. No, I think he's in his 80s, girl. Is he? Yes, child. I think he's like eighty something. You're like early- right. He's eighty seven. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he real good and old. So he real good and old because he he probably don't want to talk to him because he might slip up and say something. He's oh, he really gonna say? Yep, <laughs> I did. Uh-huh. Like was, that was me. I tried to keep was, it quiet. She was running that mouth and I just knocked her over. <laughs> So the thing is, like, okay, I always found this weird, like, and I only, well, always, but when I found out about it, like, a few years ago, I just always thought this is a weird thing, that Christopher Walken was on the boat with them. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was, and who, it was The captain. Uh Uh-huh, and the captain of the ship, yeah. So it was her and three guys, um... The whole, yeah, it was, I I remember my parents specifically, you know, because my parents were big conspiracy theorists anyway, and um, and they talked about how they were like, you know, the, the whole thing was just suspicious, and I know that they talked about, you know, whether it was him, you know, like, it's always the husband, basically, you know, so. It's always the husband, because, like, but they were like the, all of those, everyone's still alive, except for yeah. her, but, like, um, so the captain, they're like, they, he's initially said it was an accident. And then he went back and said um, that he believes Wagner was involved. They were arguing before. But his story has changed over the years. But also, he's been paid for some interviews or whatever. Mm. So they're like, they don't know how 
you know, reliable he can be as a source. Christopher Walken, on the other hand, like, really hasn't talked about it, but he did talk about it in an interview. He had some really, like, elaborate, like, reason. And so, Hmm. apparently, in 1997, he offered, he had a Playboy interview, and this was his, um, this is what he said. He, Hmm. he, uh, his plausible theory, Christopher Walken. He said, half asleep Wood, who Walken says couldn't sleep, went to move a dinghy bouncing against the side of the boat and slipped on a ski ramp partially in the water. She hit her head, fell into the water, and floated away. That's really specific. It is very specific. It's almost like how you would write the scene in a movie. You know, like how you would script out, like, you know, how you want this film. Do you, like, make sure you get a shot of, you know the ski the 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 ramp that's partially in the water and how you know (laughs) it's like very descriptive yeah you know yeah and like everyone knows like she was afraid of water so why would she be doing that she was in her nightgown but then she was in a yeah like she was in like the life vest too so it no she was wearing a jacket not a life vest right i don't know I think this is she's wearing a jacket and a nightgown. Yeah, she's wearing a jacket, a coat, and a nightgown. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's just very, just very strange. And, you know, I hope they do, you know, get to the bottom of this. But I'm like, it's been, again, almost 40 years. But it's like, it's just ridiculous. It is. It's crazy. But I, I mean, kudos to them for reopening the case. Because, I mean, there's definitely no, you know, there was no... Uh, public outcry (laughs) you know what I'm saying like it was interesting to me that it was something that they someone decided to even go back in and say like you know what let's go let's look back over this no they said that they got a lot of new evidence or something recently from what new evidence yes they were saying like in 2011 that's why they reopened it they got all of this new evidence and Somebody what... must have come forward then. Like, what else? What but else? who? Uh, like, Christopher Walken or the... Right. The captain. Nobody else. Yeah, like, that's what I'm like. Somebody... I mean, that's what... I, someone had to have said something because there was no one else there. And they didn't, like, go looking for new evidence. I mean, what evidence... What other evidence could there be other than, like, I don't know. Testimony? They said that they'd been suspicious of him from the beginning. Because, again, like, it's always the husband... Uh-huh. But um Yeah, they said that um the last thing someone last time um um investigators said anything was in to before this, you know, I guess recently uh-huh. was in November of 2011, the you know, the year they opened it and they're saying they reopened the case citing substantial new information. Uh-huh. And that's when they changed um, the cause of death, but no charges was filed against Wagner or anybody else. So hmm. the detective said that they haven't been able to prove that it was homicide, but they haven't been able to prove that it was an accident either. Hmm. And the ultimate problem is we don't know how she ended up in the water, which is like, duh. Yeah, we know she can't swim, but yeah, how did she get in the water? Right. Did she slip or did someone push her over the boat? Sure. Yeah, so that was... um yeah, I found that interesting. So I'm definitely going 
going to be watching. But yeah, that Christopher Walken has just always been creepy. <laughs> He's so creepy. He's so creepy. And that, when I read that, I was just like, I just got like, ooh, like the, ooh, like the, ooh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're so creepy. Gave me the heebie-jeebies. I was like, Oh, That's yeah. not what a normal person would say. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, somebody's covering for someone. Because um, it's just yeah. not, it's, you know, people, especially when, like, people have, like, one version and then another version and they can't keep their story straight. Like, yeah, you're lying. Like, because if it's the truth, then you just, you know, you tell it how it happened. Like, it doesn't change five times, you know, so... Yeah, so it's like, yes, yeah, something's going on. Like, they're like the initial like reporting, they were saying that, you know, because she was filming a movie with Christopher Walken and they invited him on the boat mm-hmm. to go with him on the boat. And some people were saying that Wagner, it was said like Wagner and Walken got into a very heated argument. Mm-hmm. And then it was later said that um, Wagner got in a very heated argument with Natalie Wood. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's like who, yeah, I was like, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely interested to find out where this goes and, and where, where, you know, I, I, how do they, how, because basically what they're going to need is enough evidence to move forward with a charge and it doesn't right. sound like that they, they have, have. they uh-uh. have circumstantial evidence right now yeah because um, if they had something they would have right they would have already arrested him. him yep yeah so very interesting mm. little true crime little I, 80s true crime 80s true crime this has always been a weird one so yeah i'd like to see how this goes yeah um so yeah, well, that's kind of it. I'm you know, kind of <laughs> light on the wait. Tell me everything. I mean, no problem. That was good. That was a good one. I like that. Yeah, I, I like, like this yeah. stuff. Yeah, and then um, and then a little correction on Mr. Uh, Ventimiglia's name. Good job. There. Yeah, I was trying to think of anything. Oh yeah, I did finally see. This is us, the Crockpot episode, and. Ooh. Oh my god, just several parts of it. I was just like, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> uh, oh my god. I just have something in my, in my eye. eye. Don't oh. do this to me. Why? Yeah, they're awful. They're awful every week. They make me cry. Yeah, they're oh. just emotional sadists. They're just like... They are. And you know who I was most worried about the whole time in this episode? Who? Randall? No. Who? The dog? The dog. Of course you are. Why were you worried about the dog? Well, because clearly something was hap- going to happen to the dog because there was a whole thing with um, uh, Chrissy's character, um, whose name I can't, I can't think of her name now. Um, but, you know, she was like, you know, went to the pound to get the dog and then wasn't going to get it because she was like all teared up every time she thought about the other dog. And I was like, OK, clearly something went terribly wrong with this the first dog. Hmm. So I was just like every time they like did a flashback scene to like her as a kid with the little black dog. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> like, I was like, 
kind of want to see what's going to happen to the dog. So I was so, so worried for this dog the entire episode. It was driving me insane. I hate that kind of stuff. I cannot. I don't deal well. So, um, obviously, the way that it ended, like, the dog dies in the fire along with um, Jack. <clears throat> but, again, we won't know for sure exactly how it all goes down until da 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 after the Super Bowl. So crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Because I don't know what I want to do after. Well, you know, if whoever loses, I'm thinking, you know, that might just send the them over. If their team loses, then watch This Is Us. I think that just might be a little too <laughs> much emotionally for them. I know. Thankfully, I have no stake in the Super Bowl whatsoever this year. I so literally could care less. I well, except for like, I, do, I never root for um, Tom Brady to win. I apologize to all of the many Boston people that I know who mm-hmm. love Tom Brady, who've always... You know, love the Patriots, grew up loving the Patriots or whatever. Right. But um, for me, Tom Brady stands for, he's like the poster boy, the epitome of white privilege. And so I openly and loudly root for his defeat. Yeah, I'm always in these cases um, root for the underdog. So that's really easy because clearly um, the Eagles are... Um, the underdog in this situation. I feel like I'm really done seeing the Patriots win over and over again. So I guess in that and sense... Has but, Philly won anything anytime recently? I, feel I like... don't think so. I don't know like how long or when was the last time they were even in the Super Bowl, much less won one. I'm not sure. But um, I hear you clicking away, so I'm assuming that means you're looking this up. I um, am. So we'll know in a moment. Um, Maybe not. But um, but yeah. But so I feel like I don't. I definitely don't have a horse in this race. But I will go ahead and root for. Um, yeah, they've been in two and lost both of them. I was gonna say, like you know, have they? really won anything since like Rocky you know left the ring but I don't know I feel like <laughs> I feel like the Phillies have won something okay um yeah the Phillies yeah won the World Series not too long ago so in the last 10 years okay so, there you go there you go so they got a little something going for their city but again I wouldn't mind see them you know it's always nice to see the underdog pull through um Everybody loves, you know, a, a triumphant coming from behind story. So I'm all, I'm all about that. Love a good underdog. Love a good underdog. And and enough. Enough with the Patriots already. Enough with the Patriots already. But I guess I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I don't know if I am going to watch it. I think I'm going to be really tired. I'll probably have it on and fall asleep because I work um, through Saturday this week um, and Sunday morning I have an early morning meeting uh, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to be exhausted um, okay well I'm sure going to be exhausted too because it comes on so freaking late here oh yeah you are definitely oh, god yeah. um, I think I have yeah I have meetings on Monday 
I have two meetings on Monday, so like, ugh. Um, not ugh at the meeting, but ugh at the thought of staying up late and then getting up early. Meetings are good. Right, right. Um, but, ugh. Okay, this is like so weird. We're like, okay, so it's been a busy week, and I'm just mm-hmm. trying not to get sick. That's like my goal, because people are just like, you know, dropping by the wayside, like getting sick. And I'm just really trying not to get Well, what are you taking to prevent? Um, not a thing. Okay, so you're not trying. I'm praying that I don't get sick. Can we add some actual practical things to that? I'm washing my hands. That helps. And I am trying to stay away from sick people, although I didn't do a very good job yesterday. Because I went to go play with my friends and they were both sick. Oh, little babies. Yeah, so. You need to be taking some wellness formula. You need to be taking a thousand milligrams of vitamin C. I cannot. I like literally break out in highs when I have too much vitamin C. That's why I I can't take like emergency. I can't take that one that the teachers. What's that airborne. one called? Airborne. I can't take I can't any do of those. those either. I can't do airborne or emergency. But if you get the quality vitamin C in a capsule, 1,000 milligrams, you can take one a day and you won't break out. And this is going to help me not get the flu. I don't know that that's going to work. Did you get your flu shot this year? No. Okay. So, you, okay, you're, so you're, well, you're no. really... You're really because, only praying. Because, no, <laughs> because they said, like, it wasn't effective against most of the flu. So why? What's the point? I don't get the point. So if they said, like, you know, you know, whatever. And this this was the year where they were just like, yeah, it's probably not going to work. And then all the business with the CDC person, yeah, I'm just being, I, I don't want it. I don't want no parts of the flu shot this year. Nope. Even though there was a podcaster who, you know, a lot of us are very conspiracy-minded when it comes to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so she said her doctor told her to get the flu shot. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I heard the flu shot. You know, you get sick and this and this. And it's this. he was like, aren't you sick all the time? And she was like, good point. And so mm-hmm. she took it and she's like, I've been feeling great. Mm-hmm. But. I usually don't get too too sick, so whatever. I'm not gonna. It's, I'm not gonna take it. Um, I probably should, but I, I'm just not. Um, At least do some immunotherapy stuff. Take a couple of wellness formula pills every day. Try the vitamin C. Oh God! You know the thing is, I'm not gonna do any of those things. Oh God! You are not trying to get not get sick. You are trying to be a uh, petri dish. No. Okay, anyway, back to other things. <laughs> so, okay, so I've been craving caramel cake. Oh, okay. For the past two weeks. And I used to, you know, like at Ralph's, they used to sell them. They, they probably still do. You know, the little cake slice that you can mm, get. The one yes. piece of cake for like two bucks. Yeah. So they used to always have them. I used to always get them for like holidays, whatever. And I'm like, here we are in the South. I go in Kroger. No caramel cake. And I was like, I don't understand this. Like, what is happening? So today I was, you know, indicator looking at um, properties or whatever. And I decided there's a, um, like a farmer's market 
and a bakery that I've had really delicious cakes from mm-hmm. that are in Decatur. So I was like, okay, I want to stop at this bakery. It's called Southern Sweets. And mm-hmm. they have this vegan chocolate cake. You had it when you were here. I did. Delicious, right? Like, it does not taste. I don't remember having chocolate cake. You Weren't you here when the, we went to, um, we had um, a birthday party? We had, like, the Tres Leche cake. Oh, I you do remember were here. that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very tasty. Yeah, so. Especially for vegan. Yeah, it's like a vegan cake. Very tasty, especially for, and for me, not too sweet. You know, that's very important to me. So. Non-dessert. Anyway, so I went to go get the <laughs> ve- a piece of the vegan chocolate cake to enjoy mm-hmm. my soft pants later mm-hmm. tonight. And they didn't have it or I didn't see it. But I did see a caramel, a vegan caramel cake. And I was like, yes, I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. So I tried it. And. It was not as good as the chocolate cake, but it was still very, very tasty. And I ate like, it's like, it was three layers. I ate one layer. Perfect. Just perfect. And it was kind of funny because I was eating it in front of um, the gentleman. (laughs) Not the gentleman. (laughs) And he was like, what is that? And I was like, it's vegan caramel cake. He's like, oh, God, you and this food. He's like, you and your, like, Mediterranean food. So, so anytime I, like, eat anything that's not, like, meat and potatoes, he references Mediterranean food because <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, his, like, go-to for, like, exotic food. And I was like, that's okay, terrific. I was like, I'm going to talk about you on the podcast because what is your, like, <laughs> exotic food, like, the most exotic thing you could think of is Mediterranean Mediterranean food. food. Man, those med- man, that hummus. Yeah. This is out there. This is yeah. out there. Mediterranean food. And, like, probably the only Mediterranean food he can name is probably, like, hummus. <laughs> and, like, pita. Like, he doesn't really know. Because, like, again, mm. meat and potato. Meat and like, potato. very plain. And so I was just like, that is so I was like, you're gonna be in the podcast because that was funny. I love it. Why love do you that. why is everything Mediterranean food? I was like, this is freaking cake. Well, how well, how did Mediterranean food get into this? Girl, because it's exotic because it's Yeah, vegan. he's like vegan. I was like, you want some? Mm-mm. I wanted that. What are you what are you talking about? You can keep that, your Mediterranean food and all <laughs> you that can stuff. keep that and your Mediterranean. You yeah, all, all that fancy. That. He's like, man, your palate, your palate is something else. So I was like, yes. Oh my gosh, that's so hysterical. Cracked me up. How about um, you? What's going on? What is going on? I am um, relishing in the fact that all of this uh, ordination stuff is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was a lovely ceremony this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun luncheon celebration with close friends afterwards. Nice. And it's just been, it's literally like, it's the, um, the best part about it is that it's done. <laughs> it's like, I just, you know, I think, you know, when you're anticipating something, there was a, a, so much like conversation and drama and angst and stress and anticipation in advance that, right. 
you and you you know when you're in the middle of it you like are sensing it but like you don't really feel the weight of it until it's finally lifted and you're like oh okay I was really like wound up about all that and now it's now I'm not and so I can feel the difference um so yeah I'm just it's just been so nice to just um be um back to normal um I had Monday off which is good and then like I said I'm working this week Tuesday through Saturday um, so that I can still get in my five days and, um, but it's been a decent week at work with nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been good. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else now, I feel like now I can fully turn my attention to my Oscar movie watching. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get something in. Um, at least one movie and hopefully like I might just go tomorrow after work like just immediately go to the movie theater and catch something um, before like the fr- the real Friday night busyness starts you know mm-hmm. for the movies and um, and then do the same thing on Saturday try to catch something um, I get off work pretty early on Saturday like at three mm-hmm. so um, do the same thing catch like a a, a um, a tail end of the matinees. Um, That's a good idea. I might do that tomorrow because I was going to have that class tomorrow until twelve thirty. But I have time to catch a movie. Yeah, so mm. that'll be you know if I can get two in this weekend, I think I'll be really um, finally getting on this because it's been I've been like talking about doing it, but I haven't. And um, you know, time's a wasting. It's already February. It's going to be Oscar night before we know it. Boy, yeah. yeah, I'm like, it's so funny because I haven't, I said I was going to start watching movies. I just have not had time. Like, I literally just want to go home and go to sleep. I've literally, like, you know, I'm such a horrible sleeper. Like, I wake up multiple times during the night and just, it's just never been a good sleeper. But, you know, with everything that's gone on the past few years, like last year, like I've just, it's been really bad. And always, like, one of my main, like, kind of health things is, like, to get more sleep, to get more sleep. Uh The past two days, I've, like, slept like a baby. Like, I may have woken up once the other night, but for the most part, I slept through the night. And I didn't do anything too different than what I usually do, but I did. And I was like, I think I'm going to keep doing this for a while. I started watching the, I kind of put on the old episode of The Crown. And uh-huh. literally, and stop drinking water so late. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, it was great. I was like, what? I did not wake up. But the sound of the English, you know, <laughs> doing boring things very quietly and civilly and passive aggressively uh-huh. have like lulled me to sleep. That's what I needed. That's what, all this time. Mm-hmm. Just a quiet shade and. treachery and like I said passive aggressive behavior with an accent to help me sleep oh my goodness that is hysterical well good I'm glad that it's working because yeah Mm -hmm. you need to get your rest especially if you're quote unquote trying to not get sick Mm -hmm. trying not trying I'm trying just because I try a different way than you do and other people doesn't mean I'm not trying (laughs) sure okay just because my trying is a different just because you're trying looks like not trying at all. Right. <laughs> you know, don't don't tell me what I'm doing. Yeah. 
I'm not. I'm telling you what you're not doing. Not I'm doing. trying. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> make me curse. I'm this close to saying a bad word. Oh my goodness. Please. You shut your face right now. <laughs> shut your mouth when you're talking to me. You be quiet when you're talking to me. <laughs> ah. Oh, that is hysterical. Mm. Why you lie, Ada? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. There's nothing. Like I said, I'm I'm all about the denouement right now. I'm enjoying the denouement. The what? The denouement. The uh, you know, de-escalating action from the escalating action of the weekend. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> Lord. It's past my bedtime. My See? okay. My little alarm, the sleep alarm went off like right when we started this podcast. So I am way <laughs> past my bedtime. Like an oh, hour and a half past my bedtime. So yeah. <laughs> Good grief. Well, let's get you to bed. I'm so tired. Oh my goodness. You're five. I am not. It is late out there, though. Yeah, it's midnight. Yeah, so. Thank you for acknowledging that it's late here, which I already said. (laughs) (laughs) Is anyone hearing me? No one's listening. My words not count. No one's listening. Angela's listening. Give a big shout out. Shout out to our number one fan. Yes. Bird. Thank you for listening. And for commenting. We love you. We do. We love you. You Crack us up. Crack (laughs) us up. And if nothing else, we know that there's one person who's tuning in on the regular. And amused. And amused, yeah, and apparently keeps coming back for more because she's actually enjoying all this nonsense and nonsense. (laughs) Our hijinks, hijinks and shenanigans, shenanigans. That's like the subtitle of our. Wait, tell me everything. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I just know, like, okay, so I do all the gossip stuff and, like, you pretty much do everything else, and so in terms of, like, <clears throat> technology and posting things and making sure that we're on podcast platforms and the Facebook page, so thank you very much for that, as well as your very whittle, uh, whittle. Whittle. <laughs> And now, ladies and gentlemen, Elmer Fudd. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Elmer. Shut up. (laughs) Our very witty, gosh, I'm so tired. Our very (laughs) witty titles for the episodes. I am still very partial to the hatless masses. Oh, that's, yeah, that was a fun one. Oh, gosh, so thank you for all that you do. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, you are welcome. Thank you for uh, for being here and bringing all the, all the stuff that I don't know about. Yeah. That is the premise for the show. <laughs> what? Are you serious? 
Is that what this is? Is that what we're doing? That's what we're doing. Oh. I, yeah, I just snuck that up on you. Oh, gosh. I just thought it was a casual conversation. <laughs> Are we being recorded? <laughs> You're delirious. Uh, I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, God. I'm tired. It's just, ugh. Okay. Oh my god, go to bed. I am. Now I'm thirsty. Oh, but you can't have any water because it's going to wake you up in the middle of the night. Oh, and I just drank a cider too while we were on the air. Good lord. So go to the bathroom and go to bed. Thanks, mom. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Why do we keep doing this? No. People keep telling me, okay, I feel like, can I not function? Am I not a functioning adult? I guess maybe not, because they keep telling me, like, <laughs> obvious things. Like, like, right, I'm aware of that. You know you need new windshield wipers. I'm aware of that. I'm just not doing it. So, like, <laughs> I know that it's dangerous. But, yeah, people, like, tell me, like, obvious things. Like, I'm, like, a five-year-old, and hmm. shut up. Shut your oh, face. I, I just, I didn't You anything. act like, you, again, you keep doing that. <sighs> You know oh. that I know you, so I know oh. you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that that means something. I know exactly what you're saying. I know your verbal and nonverbal cues because we've been friends for a very long time. So, screw you. <laughs> nonsense <laughs> wait what nonverbal cue am I giving you right now <laughs> you know <laughs> get off my phone <laughs> oh gladly I will talk to you later mm. <laughs> bye bye Wait, Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find us on Pocket Cast, Google Play, Overcast, and Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can also like us on our Facebook page. Questions, feedback, something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at waittellmeeverything at gmail.com.